0: Good evening and welcome to the Rabin Report. I'm your host, Elliot Rabin, and with me is part of my expert panel, Christina Mangiola. How are you, Christina? I'm good. How are you, Elliot? I, oh, now I can hear you. I'm good. (laughs) I'm good. Uh, So Jerome is away today and filling in for him is Jake Beck. How are you, Jake? Jake? I'm good, I'm good, getting the show going again, another week, another show. Uh, we are so happy to to have you here. Why don't you tell our audience a little about yourself?
1: Okay, sweet, so my name's Jake on Instagram, that's Jake Beck Music for the people checking it out. I'm a musician, I just plugged myself, <laughs> that happened. I'm a musician, but um, I'm gonna talk about politics with you guys today, and hopefully you guys agree with me or disagree with me, but feel free to let us know in the comments, aggressively, one way or another. <laughs>
0: Awesome. (laughs) And we are so happy to have you and people are definitely going to agree and disagree with you and we encourage you to comment. And on top of that, joining the panel this week as our special guest is a friend of the show, Anna Rizzo. Rizzo, right? Rizzo. 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 How are you, Anna?
2: I'm good. Thank you for having me back, actually. It's very nice to be here.
0: Thank you for being here. So uh, why don't you tell our audience a little about yourself as well?
2: Well, I am a lawyer from Venezuela, and I've been living here in Canada for about four years. I work in finance, and I also like a lot public policies and politics in general.
0: Awesome. It's, it's always great to have, uh, to have a lawyer with us. So uh, we are so excited to have you. You've been on the show a couple times as well. Same thing. Uh, Christina used to be a guest on the show, and here she is, uh, a main panelist. So again, we are so happy to have you, and thank you for being here. Coming up in 15 minutes we'll be talking about our main topic, universal basic income. But first, let's take a look at our top stories and our weekly update. Starting with, unfortunately, another terrorist attack in France. Heartbreaking is all I can say. A 18-year-old Chechen student beheaded his history teacher because he showed cartoons of Muhammad in class and everyone is devastated. People are now rallying in support of freedom of speech. What's your take on all of this, guys? It's
3: 100% that this is one of those things where when we talk about freedom of speech, like the fact that somebody is so brutally murdered for showing a video that a community disagreed with is just it's foul and it goes against everything we should believe in as you know as a society and uh yeah i think it's i think it's awful and um yeah i don't i can't believe these things these things still happen
2: so yeah i saw actually charlie hebdo the french magazine just posted today um, as a headline like like uh, the republic the behated republic and it's about who is going to be next, right? Who is going to be the person be hated before because of freedom of speech or because of offending someone?
1: Yeah, I mean it definitely seems like something that we can unequivocally say was a bad thing. I mean, it depends who you're trying to get after their border control situation, whatever they've got, the refugee program. I mean, if you got any questions, dive right in.
2: Yeah, the problem here is that you can also be like People are saying, like, yeah, well, the French professor shouldn't done that because that was offensive. And but that it's doesn't like... excuse it. <laughs> exactly. You know? it is it's, not. Like,
3: it's like, okay, you can disagree with him showing the video, but he had every right to show the video. And he has to pay with his life for doing so. Like, there, there's, there's no justifying what happened.
1: I mean, I'm just about to give shit to a bunch of Nova Scotians who are taking the law in their own hands. I think I'd be pretty hypocritical to not mention anything over there.
0: Well, it's just, France has had a problem with freedom of expression. You know, you look at Charlie Hebdo and when terrorists attacked the newspaper for, again, publishing cartoons of the Prophet Muhammad. Uh, Is that an inherent freedom of speech problem in France or is there a greater issue?
3: Probably a mixture of both. Um, I think we, we see, you know, people are, um, a lot of people are unwilling to accept freedom of speech and uh, if, if it's something that they disagree with, and I think that's something we deal with <clears throat> like across all countries. It's not just a France problem, but I do think that we've seen specific cases in France um, of this kind of terror. Um, so I think it's just a mixture of both.
1: Yeah, there seems to be a lot happening in France but I don't know if there's a causality that I can name right off the bat, you know. I don't know what separates France from a company like, country like uh, Germany, but it seems to be pretty similar situations. Yeah, and I mean, what, do you
0: believe that there's going to be any change of some sort in this, or are these kinds of things going to still happen?
2: I think they're going to still happen. And the reason is because there is a deeper cause. Like, the root cause is linked to other factors. Like, one of the factors is fundamentalism. So who is radicalizing these people in the first place? Because this is a radical behavior, right? And, for example, I follow a journalist that is called uh, a young Hirsi Hali And she once made uh, was trying to do a project that was an apostate uh, of the Islam, pretty much. And her right hand, the project, was killed in Holland for the same reason. So, of course, there is a deeper issue that is there. And I don't think someone is going to address it
0: very sad and now moving forward to another issue that's going on but this time closer to home in Nova Scotia a lobster fishery has been destroyed and tensions have been mounting between indigenous and non-indigenous fishers since Mi'kmaq, ma which is the indigenous group uh, began a lobster fishing operation outside of the federally designated season in September the fire is believed to be arson by commercial fishermen. And this has been going on for 21 years, and now it's escalated. What do you guys think? Why is this happening? Do you think that this depends, was racially depends how motivated? As far back
1: you want to go. I mean,
0: As far back as you, as you want to go.
1: I mean, listen, we've we got to ensure that they have enough fish. That is the absolute imperative thing that we got to do, and that is something that should be addressed because they've been uniquely wronged. For instance, the issue of uh, things that immigrants issues that immigrants raise should be taken seriously, but issues that indigenous people are suffering should be taken with a completely different type of seriousness, as they've been uniquely wronged, right? Of course, the African-American community as well, but it's like those two issues seem to be very different than any type of conversation that should be had, but the problem is they feel unheard by conservatives, so now that's part of their tribal team. The only people who are listening to them are going to be people that they don't even agree with on so many different things, and it's like... We got trouble at home. Let's address that, and then let's make it better for everyone else. But first, we got to clean up after ourselves. This is actually our mess. They're not coming here because in their country they get beheaded if they criticize the king. You know, they're coming here because they were already here, and then we just sort of destroyed everything. And you know, back in the day, they were able to fish all the time. They're able to have fish. If we're going to make them play by our, by, by our rules, let's at least figure out a way to make sure they absolutely have enough fish to eat. Christina.
3: I think you you asked is it do you think it's racially motivated um I would say this is this is a dispute that I can't really put a I can't really put a distinct label on it because um, this is a dispute that's been going on for like you said twenty years um and I don't know if it's more of like a fishery, you know, like this is something that they've been dealing with and it's not necessarily racially motivated. Um, but I think that race does come into play because it is, um, an attack on an indigenous community. Um, and there's no excuse for setting things on fire the way that what, what, which is what has been happening. And, um,
0: you know the the problem is is that they do have a special agreement with the government that says that they can fish and catch lobsters whenever they want because it's for survival. And the argument that's coming from the commercial fishermen are that of conservation. But if we're talking about conservation, aren't indigenous people more concerned about conservation than the commercial? Yes. Is it just an excuse?
3: It's it's absolutely an excuse. It- in the indigenous communities of this country is like have been, are championed for being like for conserving our environment and the world that they live in. They are like, they they rule that, that whole movement. And to say that the commercial uh, fishermen care about conservation is bullshit. I mean, I think Quite the logic frankly. is that
1: we're in the shoulder season and there, there's going to be a bunch of budding lobsters, right? So there are maybe issues that actually have to do with the time that people are fishing. I'm not going to pretend I actually know enough about fishing. Probably none of you guys do as well. But when they fish is not something I'm concerned about. It's if they have enough fish. And if they don't, then this, the when starts getting affected. But if they actually had enough fish, the problem is I think the deal was that they could have enough to have a modest living or whatever that is. And that's super wishy-washy if you ask me. So come up with a firm number to make sense of something. Let's have a sustainable plan here because we keep pushing the envelope all the time. Obviously, it's going to get pushed in the opposite direction. But how, That's can, you have how
0: can you have a firm number of, of fish or lobsters to catch for a whole community?
1: Unfortunately, you'd have to talk to someone who knows things about fishing, but I'm sure there's some quota we could meet. I'm sure we could arrange something if yeah. we got a specialist in here.
2: And also, like, how would you keep track, how you monitor, like, that amount, you know, that they meet that amount?
1: Listen, you know... If they need music, I got them covered. But I really think that someone in the world can figure out a way that we could provide enough fish to a certain amount of people, whether it's X amount of this for Y amount of people, whatever is, whether it's more gray than that, sure. But calling it enough to have a modest living is, uh, something that obviously white people will get mad at if they're living there and they don't even have what they consider a modest living. So I don't think they're, they're just pure racists. They're people who are just seeing other people. They literally see them as privileged and it's like, well, Maybe compared to one guy who's there, but compared to the movement in general, it's like the chances are white people as a whole will definitely get our fish. I mean, we're going to send that shit across Canada. We're going to have it in fucking 7-Eleven someday. Hopefully not. But, but, you know, that's where I'm standing on that. It's just like, let's figure it out. It's got to be a way.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully it gets resolved. And, you know, everybody's calling for dialogue, thankfully. And that's, I think, the way that things should be done. Finally, let's move forward to our last item, which is happening down south. Well, started down south, but actually, it goes back to France. You know what it is? You know what it is, guys. It is Netflix's cuties. Oh, there
3: we go. oh my, my god! god. There we go. Do <laughs> not get me started on this bullshit.
0: Sorry, let, let me just start again. You don't want me to get you started. No. When you're the one who wanted this one.
3: <laughs> this is this is one I've been waiting for. How
1: do you feel about cuties, Christina?
3: I absolutely despise <laughs> this film. Why? And here's, and here's my argument, and we've discussed this before off camera. Um, there's a lot of people making an argument that the whole message was supposed to be about championing young girls and uh, you know, it's these it's these young girls coming to terms with their sexuality. Um, they are liberating themselves. Uh, all these whatever arguments, it's it all it all doesn't really matter. So my whole argument is that I don't care what the film was trying to accomplish because they failed the second they started to exploit children. <laughs> these are these are when you put it like that i mean shit, it's these a are a bad thing they did that these are actual children that they are filming these are one of the actresses was 10 years old at the time of filming and that's shocking <laughs> and that's i don't i don't care if it's about liberating women that's a child yeah and, a child
0: twerking on stage
3: yeah and there's nothing liberating i will say about watching children shake their ass for a camera, grab their crotches, put their fingers in their mouths seductively, I don't care what the message of the film was because that goes out the window when you start to like this this film fails the the DOS test for child pornography. And and
0: for our viewers who don't know what is the DOS test.
3: It it basically lays out um criteria that defines whether or not something is child pornography. Um so I don't. I could. I don't have the list in front of me. But for example, um, it, there doesn't need to necessarily be nudity. It can be the um, the way in which something is filmed, um, the area that's being filmed. Uh, so there's this whole. You can look it up. Um, there's this whole list. You just Google child porn DOS test on Wikipedia, and it'll bring up a list. And it fails for almost every single bullet on that list that
1: being said i'm sure a lot of movies have 16 year old exploited girls
3: yeah and i mean duff i
1: mean like yeah yeah
3: and that's that's another that's another you know thing that we have problem another (laughs) problem another thing we have to discuss uh and people make make that argument you know well how come they'll show rape scenes um and how come they'll show murder because these are all terrible things um, because we're not actually watching somebody being murdered. We're not actually watching somebody being raped. When we're watching children grab their crotch, we are actually watching child exploitation. That's It's not just like a, a, a fictitious, ooh, like, you know, it, it, it's just for the movie. These are actual children being filmed.
2: Yeah, and another thing is that with all these, like, pedophiles that you find on YouTube, on regular internet. Like, exposing your kids to this kind of TV show, like, I, I couldn't even dare myself to watch it because I refuse to actually support that movie in the <laughs> platform. Like, I refuse myself. Yeah, I haven't watched it either. But I no watched it some scenes, no and uh, what you say, there, it was there. It was there, and it's just terrible, especially, like, if it was 10 years old. That's a big no. Well, and,
3: and one Definitely. of the things is that people are saying... Um, I'm losing my train of thro- thought a bit, but that, come back to me.
0: Netflix yeah. has actually been sued now. Oh, damn. I was going to say Texas, In and and Texas. It must be legal. Yeah, yeah. So they've been sued and they're defending it, of course. They're defending the film. And what's interesting is that their stock hasn't really plummeted. So again, happy Elliot, because I'm invested there. Yeah, but nice. maybe after this film, I should be pulling out. So I maybe, think. Yeah. I but think will you
1: though? <laughs> It was a good movie, you know, I mean, art is art, you know, oh, yeah. so I'm just kidding, just just kid, just, just, kid. To, oh, just
3: to, uh, <laughs> about actually watching the film. I did not watch the film and I actually got into it on Reddit with somebody um, just an, an argument because uh, somebody was saying you have to watch the film in order to come to a conclusion. And I do not think that's true because mm-hmm. the same way that you know that rape is bad and let's say there's a film on sexual assault and rape culture whatever we can still come to the conclusion that all the things it portrays are bad without having to watch it the mm-hmm. same way that we don't have to watch child porn to know that child porn is bad this is and obviously it's it, that's an extreme and i'm not saying that this is the most cruel form of child exploitation i've you know that there's ever been but i'm th- these are actual children that are acting sexually for a camera and to say that that's that you have to watch it in order to come to that conclusion i don't think so and any of those clips out of context also don't matter because they still happened
1: yeah and you're watching it i mean there's no artistic symbolism anymore but what you're saying there is almost a case against identity politics and it's like i can definitely relate against that like i've never flown a helicopter if i go outside and i see a helicopter in a tree i'll be like that fucking dude can't fly a helicopter either Whatever he's doing is not how you should be driving. and it's not how you should be flying a helicopter, so it's the same thing across the board. And it's except it's not You know,
0: me. it comes down to, of course, same thing, freedom of expression, because they have the right to make a movie, but at the same time, Christina, you have the right to protest it and say that it's not good. It's it's it shouldn't have been made and it shouldn't be watched. But that's where we're gonna leave it for now. Let's move on to our main topic, which is Universal basic income. Hopefully, that didn't blow everybody's ears out. <laughs> Blew mine. It did. Okay. did. Okay. <laughs> up my now. right ear. <laughs> you know You'll what? That's. I mean, listen. Again, I apologize to those people, but hopefully, you're still watching. Did someone say free money? Oh well, maybe I'm just hearing things. Since we're talking about it, universal basic income is defined as a government subsidy in which every adult citizen receives a set amount of money on a regular basis. The goals of a basic income system are to alleviate poverty and replace other needs-based social programs that potentially require greater bureaucratic involvement. The idea has been around for decades, but the economic disaster brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic has has paved the way for this topic to come back to the forefront of economic policy. On top of that, the federal liberal government is contemplating a national UBI system that will be discussed at the Liberal Party's November convention No matter the support even proponents of the policy admit that it will be costly tens of billions of dollars even in the most modest of estimates So what's the solution the right path the right decision on today's show we find out? Our panel will scrutinize the pros and cons of UBI and a UBI system in Canada how UBI is gonna work and if it's worked or failed in other countries As a reminder, we are live on Facebook, so make sure to comment on our feed to have your thoughts read live on air. So we're gonna start with the poll. The question we asked our viewers was, are you for or against a universal basic income? And Christina, what are the results?
3: So the results were, we saw this last week too, they're actually um, a bit different on different platforms. So Mm -hmm. on Instagram, we had 22 people that said yes, and 31 people said no. Uh, And then on Facebook, we had 64% of the votes saying yes and 36% saying no. So it's like uh, people on Facebook um, are more against it, or sorry, are less against it than people on um, Instagram.
0: Interesting. And
3: what I found
0: astonishing, actually, is that this is no longer a, a really left and right issue. Because looking at the people who voted in the polls... There are conservatives who voted yes and conservatives who voted no. There are liberals who voted yes and liberals who have voted no. So let's take things back into this room. Are you guys for or against a universal basic income system? Let's start with you, Anna. Yes or no?
2: I'm mm, um, Against. Against. Yeah.
1: Jake? I'm sort of undecided. I think it's definitely something that will have to happen. So I'd say overall I'm pro. Does it have to happen now? I don't know, I guess we'll see by the end of this conversation. Change my mind. I will try. Let's find out. And Christina?
3: I support it.
1: You support it. Okay, now let's get into the whys.
0: Anna, you are, in a sense, the odd woman out there for it. You are against it. Why are you against it?
2: Well, let's fight this Goliath. Uh, In this case, it is because um, I find that the welfare state in general is something that shouldn't increase. And in the case of the universal basic income, this will actually just increase the size of the government. It will increase taxation. A lot of this taxation will be debt-weight taxation, actually. And a lot of the money that will be taken from taxes could actually be put into production, into investment. And this is not going to be a very attractive idea with a universal basic income. I know that a lot of people also say like, oh, if my you know, humans act according to incentives. What incentives can you have in order to get a job when you are already getting money from the government? Well, this is not, well, w- w- something that I will consider, because in the example of Finland, Finland was a country that were implemented for a period of time, the UBI. The reality is that there was not increase in employment, but not decrease either. But yeah, I also, in my part, f- is the fiscal policy what makes me very, you know, skeptical about the implementation.
0: Okay, Jake and... Christina, how do you respond to Anna's point on UBI not working?
1: I mean, for me, it's more just like uh, you guys can both be right. Like UBI can disincentivize people from getting jobs. And also people just sometimes can't do shit and need something like UBI to become a possibility. So we got to see how things are going to work out. Because you're right, money goes back into productivity and all kinds of things. But it's going to be the people who are at these plants who are going to be getting replaced by AI within the next whatever, 10, 20 years, whatever it is. That's why I think UBI could become a conservative idea as well because you you can't really pretend that there is a job for everyone. And increasingly, you need to be more and more and more literate to provide any value at all. We only care about creativity and entrepreneurialism. That's only going to get more and more important. We don't need bodies. We do maybe now, maybe we do, I'll give it to you. At a certain point, we're not going to need bodies. So it's going to be like, yeah, we need you to go work, get off your ass and do this. But if at best that person can go, you know, work at an oil company, it's like, if that job isn't going to exist anymore, we still need to figure out how to deal with that, because we don't want the wealth gap to get too big, otherwise it destabilizes everything, so no one wants that, and conservatives shouldn't either.
0: Well, it's interesting you bring up automation, because it comes down to, is UBI a necessary change because of our rapidly changing marketplace? You know, if if things are going to automation, and and jobs are being taken over by robots, let's say. Will giving people money help the economy? I mean, if they're not working and they're not contributing to the economy, how will a UBI help them get back into the economy?
1: Well, right now, most of America is living paycheck to paycheck. That means no one's spending money. That means no one is spending money. So if you just think about what that means in itself, it's like I understand the problems with trickle-up economics. Don't get me wrong. I completely understand that. All I'm saying is we have genuine problems that need to be addressed somehow. And if only half the people are talking about addressing them and the other half are willing to sweep them under the rug, that's how you get radical Islam in places like Canada. It's like if half the people are willing to sweep everything under the rug because that's their team. It's like, no, there's only Islamophobia and that's it. It's like, well, everyone in Canada should want to not have that type of shit going on, but we can't because we defend shit we don't even care about. We don't even care about so many things that we defend that it's insane. Like, why should a conservative have any opinion at all on climate change?
2: Regarding automation, however, I do think that humans have the creativity in order to always find new ways to produce and to be productive. In cases where certain jobs will be taken by automation... I do believe that certain other doors will open for people to actually specialize in other areas that will be required. 100%. That so is something that I believe. Yeah,
3: so there's actually, Marshall commented, he said, I think there's a job for everyone. I just don't think there's a high-paying job for everyone. Um, so that kind of ties into what you're saying, that, that we'll probably always have a job for somebody, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a um, sustainable, high-paying job that's going to get them through the year. But I also think that everything connects,
2: right? Mm -hmm. Because the reality is that, let's say that you have person A, and person A is an investor, person A wants to innovate, person A wants to create jobs, and especially better wages, better jobs. If person A is getting taxed more and more, and especially by an increased percentage, then person A is not going to invest and person A is not going to create the amount of jobs that they should be created. And yeah, that's my take on that.
1: I agree with that. I mean, that's why you're both right. You don't want, you don't want your country in disarray like that. I
3: don't want another Venezuela.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Me neither. Um, Me neither.
3: Just another comment from Marsha. She said this system was tested in Stockton CA and was a huge success. All the poverty level people were able to take that money, use it to help their lives. And at the same time, put the money back into circulation, which was actually something I was going to, um, uh, just in response to UBI, not working. Like Anna said, we have seen cases of it, of it working. Um, in Alaska, I'm pretty sure to this day they have UBI. Mm Um, so in their case since 1982, they've been providing UBI and it, has virtually wiped out poverty in Alaska. Um, And there's evidence to say that it didn't have an impact on employment. People still were employed. People were still um, going to their everyday jobs. The only difference that they really saw was that people, it it increased fertility. People were more inclined to have more children. But But that's
1: almost a net bad then. You know what I mean? Like I understand.
3: I'm not saying it's a great thing that we're, you know, (laughs) overpopulating because we're already overpopulated, but the, the most negative thing that came out of Alaska doing this for so many years is I know I agree but, but you must yeah.
1: agree that Alaska must be unique compared to what the average American state is I mean
2: the number of people living in Alaska right exactly. compared to <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the number of resources yeah. they
1: have as well I mean if you're in Alaska and you have all those things and not enough people I'd be like we should compromise in the opposite direction exactly. but if I'm in New York and I'm like we, we got a lot of people I'd be like shit we should probably do a different strategy of Alaska, whatever. They're doing the opposite of that. Let's, let's do that, you know.
0: And we are going to talk more about how it works in other countries a little later on in the show, but let's stick to just the concept in itself. You know, how has the COVID-19 pandemic affected the discussion on UBI? Because as I mentioned in my introduction, it's now a topic of, uh, topic of conversation again. And how has, for example, the CERB and CESIB, CESB, the student version of SERB, uh, affected the desire or disdain for Canadians to have a system like this. Christina, <laughs> I'm stuck. Like come Christina. back.
3: Come back to me. <laughs> I'm just thinking.
2: Well, I think that um, it is people compare to a new BI, but the reality is that in this case, first, it is not provided to everybody which is the case of the UBI because it That's should be conditional. It should be for people who are employed and for people who are unemployed. In this case, is the people who are unemployed. And second, there is another factor that is that people know that it will be temporarily. So many people don't rely on this aid forever because they know that it will come to an end. So I don't, like, we cannot know how an UBI will be, like, implemented based solely on this.
1: Also, it's a pretty unique time to run a test like that anyway. That being said, also, if you give a bunch of people 2000 bucks every month or a couple months and then you're like, are you happy? They're going to be like, yeah. So now the question is, is the most important thing we can do for people to make them happy? If you're going to have a kid and bring them into this world, is the one thing you are going to do enable them? Because that's what happens if you're just like, let's make them happy. Are you going to try and teach them discipline and do all these things? Well... That's why you need the balance. That's what we consider. Do we know
2: the long-term consequences? Like, do... How we track efficiently the government spending on this? Do we know where actually the money... The government is getting all that money?
1: Even the the UBI case studies that were in that Vox article, I mean, they weren't super convincing. But, I mean, I I understand that. It's also like we do need to evolve. Do we need to evolve while scrapping the whole system? Absolutely not. Does UBI feel like a nice meeting in the middle? I mean... Could be. I'm not going to say yes. Give me if there's an idea that addresses everyone's issues, we can definitely do that. UBI obviously doesn't convince a lot of people, but I mean, we're spending. There's over 100 welfare programs in America. I mean, these things are happening. You know, the Joe Biden tax bracket for people making over 400k a year is over 60% in California, at least over 60%. When half of America pays nothing in taxes, Mm -hmm. obviously that's going to make them hate you. The same reason you don't want to have your absolute bottom class being such a distance away is because, well, they still have power in numbers and votes. And even if they didn't, it still wouldn't be a healthy relationship. That's the same reason why you don't want Jeff Bezos to hate everyone either. He'll go to the Caymans. Yeah, I'm sure he has many ways of getting around taxes, but not everyone's Jeff Bezos. And there's so many billionaires that are like pulling the weight of an entire nation. And everyone's like, yeah, but you need a janitor. So you're just exploiting them. It's like, yeah, they don't need you to be the janitor, bruh. They, they could need anyone to be a janitor, but luckily it's you because you're here. You could be somewhere else. In fact. If you choose 4 billion people in the world, they'd probably die to be in your place, no matter who you are, no matter where you are here. So it's just like, fuck, man. That's why I'm saying we need to separate these issues. There's immigration, and then there's indigenous and African-American issues. And I'm like, let's change the conversation. Let's completely separate these things. Everyone should be focused on one, and then the other one should take a back seat. Because it's like, obviously, it's easy to go to a country and be like, hey, fuck you guys. I can't say that in my country, but you know. I'm gonna come here, draw a picture of Donald Trump sucking dick and post, post my story on Instagram. Nothing's gonna happen. Absolutely nothing's gonna happen. Meanwhile, in France, you get beheaded. You know, like, let's figure this out. Everyone should be on the same team here. No one should be defending people burning down fisheries. No one should be, 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 be defending people beheading. Professors. Well,
2: all I'm going to add for now is that it's better to be a janitor in Canada than being a doctor in Venezuela.
1: So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I don't d- doubt it. it yeah. don't, I'll have to try it sometime to understand. But, so, yeah. Well, yeah,
3: just a couple of the comments. So uh, Marshall says UBI is coming. And once it's here, you cannot take it away from people yeah, and that it is. will be political suicide. And he goes, are you going to vote for the guy who gives you $1,000 a month or the one who doesn't give you $1,000 a month? I know my answer. Well, well Legalizing
1: weed was the same thing. It's like if the conservatives just legalized weed, then maybe they wouldn't have lost.
0: Well, I mean, that's a whole other subject. But in terms of voting for the guy who gives you $1,000, clearly that didn't work out so well for Andrew Yang in the States because he actually personally did an experiment where he gave somebody $1,000 whoever retweeted his, his tweets and followed him and that was one of his biggest platforms, which was uh, a national UBI, so that clearly didn't work. So, Marshall, I'm curious to see what you say in regards to that, because...
2: Yeah, but that's because the policy hasn't been implemented, and that's my other concern how you avoid the UBI once it's implemented to become a populist tool, because then you're going to see maybe the political, the the next politician, the next presidential candidate to be like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to increase the UBI. And people, a lot of people don't track budget. A lot of people, they don't see the background. Like just in the case of Andrew Yang, I have some numbers Mm -hmm. because I did my research. Let's say that we give a thousand of US dollars to every American this is going to be an increase in the in the budget of the federal government back in 2019 it was going to be 2.6 trillion of american dollars that is more than half of what they already had in the budget so in order to achieve a way to to actually fund this experiment you need to increase at least 73% taxation in american otherwise you're going to have A huge deficit so this is an issue that actually um, I think it was the Hoover Foundation the ones that did did this research and they did it based on Andrew Jang so also I think that why a lot of people didn't follow what Andrew said it was it has to do also with the work of many think tanks of many people advising like "Eh, money doesn't grow in the in the trees you know
1: yeah okay but I mean that's not stopping Joe Biden from winning it's not stopping Bernie Sanders from being the most popular person ever, right? I mean, I don't think it's about that. I think that you're giving too much credit to people. You think they actually went and researched UBI to check if it's going to work before deciding who to politically vote for in the in the character slaughtering year that oh, is 2020? No, of course, there is nah, a, lot of like political, a, a
2: lot of <laughs> political communication campaign behind it, of yeah. course. like In the case of politics, the one that has the best campaign also is the one who makes it. Maybe this wasn't a strong argument, but it can become politicized in the beginning, in in the la- in the end. Yeah, and um, I get
1: I get what you're saying about when you start UBI it being hard to roll back, and everyone's just going to c- keep trying to double it up. I just don't think that's like logically consistent with everything else, just because that is politics, and politics is appealing to the masses and equally shady tactics are happening right now on both sides. It's just an unfortunate reality. It's like...
0: In terms of taking it back, though, you look at, again, the CERB, right? So it was going to be eight weeks, then it became 12 weeks, and now they've extended it to be, for over a year, 52 weeks, until next September, they've extended this, essentially, UBI. Mm -hmm. And... The government. It, do you think the government's gonna take this away from people?
1: I think the che- the framework is cheekier than UBI though. They they have a huge out that they can. I mean they're doing it right. It's just like when you go under lockdown. It's like okay we'll have a two week lockdown. It's like you're lying to us and we're lying to you. But you know, that's what love is. You know, so mm-hmm. that's what relationships are. You know, we both want each other. To just no, I'm just kidding, Christina. So.
3: Um, <laughs> I was just gonna read. Um, sorry, just uh one co- one comment that I didn't get to earlier, um from Eduardo. He says um, there are also there are a lot of jobs that are regaining status. Some crafts are getting more and more popular. I don't think that we are all going to work as woodworkers and crochet, but many people will. And there are things that machines won't be able to do for a very long time, which is a fair point. There are things that at least in the near future are going to have to um, be done by humans. Sure. Um,
1: I mean, if you follow the trajectory of the past 20 years, I mean, now to be even useful at all, you need to at least be literate with the computer. Think about what that means compared to 30 years ago. Think about what that means compared to 80 years ago. You know, in the 70s, if you get a bachelor's degree, you're like set. You know, in the 70s, if you get a bachelor's degree, you're pretty much set. It's not that same world anymore. And sure, yeah, it's because getting a communications degree is easier than whatever. I, I, I'm not going to have that debate with you. But that being said, it's, it's, it's real life. That's what we're dealing with.
3: And um, someone commented that they I don't know how to pronounce this name so I'm just I, Phaedra Phaedra that's it Oh, yeah um, uh, Phaedra She says I agree with Jake average voters are ba- are average voters vote based on short term gains They don't generally think about how their political decisions will impact their children
0: So true That, that goes Unfortunately. back to what, yeah th- yeah that goes back to what you were saying Jake about People voting for the liberals strictly based some people strictly based on the fact that they were legalizing weed. And funny enough, what's today? Today is the the twentieth. Three days ago was the, I believe, second or third anniversary of of league weed being legalized in Canada. So I'll have uh, to
1: try it sometime.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you and me both, sir. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, let's move forward now to how it works in other places. We touched upon it. We touched upon the fact that Andrew Yang was a proponent of it. Anna, you talked about how it was going in Finland. You know, based on all of that, Jake, you said that article was a bit
1: flawed, and the Vox one, right? Yeah, the Vox. It's, article. it's just, it's not, again, it's already Vox. So, oh, exactly. But, yeah, exactly, okay, we can all, I don't, okay, sweet. I don't even have to comment. Thank you. Thank you <laughs> for taking over, all of you. But explain why what the, okay, the points well, made and yeah, why. So, um, I'm not going to even get into the article really, it's more so just all the case studies that they chose, everything was like okay so this one looked like it was going to work but actually it didn't harm anything this 112 person study didn't harm anything it's like okay well con- congratulations you didn't do harm with 115 people mm-hmm. the one study that was like 4,000 people they're like actually it had a negative effect but if you click this other link it'll be some guy bullshitting a bunch of reasons as to why you don't have to really trust that it's not correct and then i clicked that and i'm like is this guy for real Like the things, the kinds of excuses he was saying, he's like, yeah, but when you lose money, we don't really know if you, if you really, really, really lose money because people don't know their finances. And I'm like, okay, sure. That seems like a good defense that can cover anything. Okay. Well, when I know that no one, no one increased any type of productivity whatsoever, but when we asked them if they were happy, they were like, yes, it's like, okay, well, congratulations. You give us a thousand bucks. Like, are you happy? Do you like me? Are you my friends now? No, they're not your friend. They're not your friend. It'll congratulations you played yourself exactly i mean seriously that's the problem i mean that's well that's part of the thing with feminism right now i mean it's like actually maybe we'll save that for another video <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah actually, well, <laughs>
0: funny <laughs> enough anna and christina were both on our feminism episode yeah, so for real. if you oh, really hell, wanted yeah. to we could get back into that discussion but <laughs> we're not going to so anna
2: so yeah actually just to add to what jake's point i also had the same perception in the article i think that It was biased in favor. And they were also showing, like, every every evidence was very shallow. Like, whenever they tried to explain, like, oh, why didn't this plan continue? They didn't go to, like, really deep facts. And therefore, it's, like, hard to make an argument based on that, you know?
0: Yeah, it's, I mean... Jake, you had something to add there?
1: No, not really. No? It's just Vox, man. It was just like, why are, you, why, are you, why are you phrasing this? Like, as if we don't know, this is just how you feel about this situation. I mean, it's, dude, it's just everywhere. It's like, oh, I just, dude, it's impossible to have a conversation these days. And it's like, all right, it's if you're true. on this team, then fuck you. Then all right, well, great. Great way to get out of every conversation you're ever going to have to have about any idea whatsoever.
0: And you know we have a lot of comments coming in that are talking about how journalism. We you know Sam says we definitely need more journalists, I and think, he I also
3: think he, was, he was joking. Uh.
0: Well, we need more serious journalists. Well, yeah, That's the thing. Yeah. But he also Sam said Sam is a
2: serious journalist. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry? She's my best yeah. friend. <laughs> Who Sam?
0: No, Samuel Sedagat. Oh my
2: God! Really? Different
0: one. Yeah. Different oh wow. Scene former former guest no uh, but he also says UBI but only for vox and vice journalists so <laughs> yeah exactly i think I UBI like
1: for everyone liberals everyone
2: exactly it's like very politically okay. oriented
0: yeah i mean again vox is one thing but there are other articles that truly explain why UBI is possible now let's let's go back to the states right we talked about andrew yang and his goal of a ubi in the states aside from andrew yang is there a future for ubi in the states do you think that that's something that will happen because like we had heard in the comments or read in the comments that it is coming to canada most likely it's coming to canada
1: so the thing with ubi in america is it's really interesting because it's like i can see a lot of ways i could frame this as actually a really conservative argument and ways it could benefit conservative people it's just um In America, the way things are sort of happening and also Canada is people are just going to do the opposite of whatever anyone else is on board with. So if that means that Joe Biden starts talking about UBI, that means that they're not going to listen no matter what and vice versa. If Trump's like, actually, the guy was on to something, you know, maybe we should we should get this going on for middle America because they'd be like, actually, we changed your mind about UBI. It's actually bigotry. Why'd you pull out of Syria? We love war now, even though we hated it yesterday. Why is it so hard to fire cops? I don't know. We love unions in general. But, you know. Get worked up when you can't fight. It's like, dude, you guys invented unions. Just fucking fire the cops, bro. I don't care. But fire shitty teachers, too. You know how many shit teachers I had, bro? They told me I'd never be on a podcast. Jake, here I fucking am, (laughs) Mrs. Wolf. Here I am.
0: Oh my God! Don't don't even get me started <laughs> on terrible teachers. My
2: but yeah, that's actually my other concern <laughs> about UBI. Yeah, congratulations! You you made it to a podcast.
1: And I Told her I would too. Like, Some <laughs> man.
2: But yeah, one of my concerns regarding UBI is. How are you going to dismantle the other social programs? How are you going to deal with the other group of interests in this case and situation? How are you going to deal with the unions? And let's be honest, it's unrealistic. Now,
0: in terms of, of unions, right? So people in unions, for example, teachers in Ontario, at least, are paid very well. So this UBI program, do you think that it should truly be universal? Or do you think it should be similar to our welfare system in the sense of certain people get it? Or should everybody get it, but some people get this much, some people get this much? I Christi- think, Christi- okay,
3: Christina? I, I don't think I necessarily take a one side or the other. I think you can make an argument for either side. Um, I would say that, let's say you only give it to you could maybe only give it to lower class citizens in replacement of um, other welfare programs. So maybe we could, we could see success there. That's just an example. Or uh, if you give it to, to everybody, you kind of just, you, you, you make an experiment, you see where it goes, you see how it works. There is evidence that uh, it isn't, it isn't cutting jobs. It isn't, People aren't working less because of it.
1: Having kids, though. Can't be having that. You think this is, you know. Can't be reproducing your unworking Alaskan, you know, <laughs> genome into this Well, Alaska populace. needs more
2: population.
1: Pardon? Alaska needs oh, yeah, more true. population, okay, for yeah, sure. Right, Sarah yeah, Palin's not going
0: to cover that whole place. You got to no. gotta get more people in, in Alaska.
1: Yeah, she needs a backup.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Megan McCain, maybe. I don't know. But, yeah, you know, true. let's... Uh, Let's continue on UBI and the possibility for it. Something I'm very curious to hear all of your thoughts on is there I am is what impact does the minimum wage have on UBI? Do you think that because Canada, for example, has a lower minimum wage that UBI is necessary? If we had a higher minimum wage, would UBI be necessary? I well,
3: don't know. I think that we also have to consider that Despite there being a minimum wage, that doesn't mean that everybody is making a minimum wage. Uh, there are people who are, uh, y- you know, if we were all making the same amount, of, like, well, that now we're getting into communism, which is not. Yeah,
1: let's pump the brakes. Take about twenty yeah. percent off there. Yeah, right? don't, don't, don't yeah. get, don't get Anna started. No, on doesn't like my
3: trigger. Don't trigger me. No, no <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, not, gonna I'm not making. An, I th- am th- absolutely th- not making <laughs> an argument for <laughs> communism right now. What I'm saying though is if we. Minimum wage doesn't work, you know, it it doesn't work for everybody. People are in different positions and not everybody, like, for example, somebody who maybe is childless, doesn't have a partner, is making minimum wage, they can support themselves with that. They can stay afloat with that. Uh, But I don't, I don't, then you have cases where there's single mothers who have, a child or two and they're making minimum wage and and they cannot sustain a family on that kind of income. And unfortunately they don't have a choice. You know, some cases you don't have a choice. You, you don't have the education. You don't have the means to get a better paying job. So uh, there's circumstances where minimum wage still, you know, even if you were to raise it, wouldn't necessarily benefit everybody.
0: So you're saying there's not much of a correlation?
3: No, I think, I think there's... No, I don't, I don't know. Maybe there is. I, I can't... I can see that there would be an argument for it, maybe, but...
1: I, th- I think also to add to what you were saying, I mean, for instance, when you were talking about single mothers, I mean, the Democrats in- implemented um, certain benefit you could get if you do um, have an absent father. So what happened? Well, the numbers of absent fathers skyrocketed, right? In all communities african-american one hurting the most going up to like 60 70 percent you know
2: exactly still white people went up to
1: 40 percent. yeah exactly so ubi the reason why i think conservatives might be able to like it is because what you could do is get rid of all of the muddy counter incentives that are all the real incentives that are actually happening when you try and make the world a better place and now you're just sending fathers away from homes this could get rid of all the mini games that are being played and then put it all into one place and now the only one issue is how do we galvanize people to work and it's like well the ones who can actually provide value to the world that we live in today are gonna to be the ones that are gonna be working anyway. And that's, I'm not saying that that out of any type of super liberal idealism, it's just like like the conservative part of me is like, dude, I want there to be a job for everybody. But if you follow the trajectory, it's like, there, there's, you, if you're not very smart and creative and original, there's not going to be, s- there's only so many things you well, can really offer a world. Darwin
2: used to talk about it, right? Natural selection.
1: Where's Darwin <laughs> now? Where's Darwin now? I'm here. Darwin is not. So, I mean, if you had to put your money on <laughs> the Yeah, online. no,
2: actually following another uh, train of thoughts is that that's the point where I'm sceptical because, yeah, I would agree if we, you know, dismantle the other social programs, but that's not going to happen. Many groups of interest... Many bureaucrats will probably oppose, and in the end of the day, it will be just increasing the public expenditure. That's what is going to happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely like twice as much as what's being spent on welfare programs currently. But also, I mean, less hospital trips, you know, less of a class divide that's going to destroy the whole ship. This American ship is going to go down if this doesn't get addressed. If America goes down, why do you think we can be so liberal? Why do you think we can have free health care? Because America is protecting the world with their military. It's like, you don't think we'd be shitting our pants about China and Russia if big yeah, daddy America we will. weren't beside us, having a military the same size the next 10 countries added up? Dude, we can be liberal because America is holding the fork down. They've got the masculine energy that we need so that we can show off our feminine energy, so we can nurture everyone and actually do this shit. We need America to be like, oh, Team America, or police, fuck the Kremlin, fuck China. We need them to do that, unfortunately, because that's the only way that we can actually get the economic leverage we need. But then we need the feminine. Then we need the liberals to be like, okay, how can we create a Paris type of accord that will actually work, where we can have enough leverage over a country like China, where we can be like, all right, stop this. You know?
3: There's, there was one comment. This is from Luis Alejandro from Venezuela. Um, I don't. You're not. I don't. I don't know if you know him. Do you? Yeah. Of yeah. Course. Okay. Okay. So he's he's <laughs> tuned into the show. Um, he said, "If there is not incentive incentive to become creative, some people will stay dumb. Thinking that there are people intrinsically dumb is just nonsense."
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. What a dreaming. I, I mean, I love it. Sure. Have you never met someone you're like, "There's nothing you could do differently, buddy." you'll still be like this because I've definitely met a lot of people like that and dude, I wish that. But this belief that everyone actually is the exact same at everything is so foolish. And if we keep pretending everyone's actually equal, equal and worth, sure, but if we think that they're equally gifted and useful and can change as many lives, then now you're pushing people into the alt-right because it's like, well, I need to go listen to someone who actually is like, well, fucking... This guy's better at this. That guy's better at that. It's like that type of language you'll only hear on the right. But now, if I'm forced into going and watching Fox News, they can now squeeze in all the other shit of their tribal garbage that I don't care about. All of a sudden, it's been two years. And I'm like, I don't even fucking, I don't even care about fish. Fuck the fisheries. It's like, you don't want that. You don't think that. No one does. You know, no one does. You seriously hate fisheries, I believe. Fuck, me and fisheries go way back, but I don't (laughs) want to talk about it. Wow,
0: I mean. Personal.
2: (laughs) Well, I do agree with Luis Alejandro, and it's the fact that even in my own country, where when things went to hell, literally to hell, uh, people who were used to, you know, having normal careers—lawyers, doctors, uh, psychologists—they had to be creative. They had to find ways to be creative in order to eat, because that's the thing. Many people here in Canada and in the U.S. they get the food banks, they get ways of survival. In countries where you are literally like, your pyramid of survival is super down. People find ways to, you know, live. It's a survival mode that every, every human being has. That's my point on that.
0: Speaking of survival mode, surviving brings people to the end. It tries to make them stay. And we are nearing the end of our show. So, the final question that I have for everybody. Christine, I'm going to start with you. Will Canada adopt a UBI?
3: I mean, it, it, it's kind of, kind of sounds like it, it's, it doesn't seem like it's out of reach. I, I see it happening. Um, I will say that I don't see it happening um, very quickly. There's a lot of other things that will need to be addressed before we can just start handing out UBI. Um, there's going to be other programs that need to be implemented. There's going to be uh, programs that need to be abolished so UBI can replace them. Um, So I think there's a lot of work that's going to go, has to go into it before we can start to, before we see that vision. Um, But I do, I do see it probably happening, especially when you look at something like CERB that you said it's been extended by a year.
0: Well, it's, it's no longer considered CERB. It's just employment insurance, but it's specific employment insurance for the purposes of COVID relief.
3: Right. So when you look at that now, let's say a year from now, um, we're going to have to deal with a lot of people who have now developed a dependency on that, um, which that's a whole other issue. Yeah. But I do, I do yes, think that, is. I do think that it's a, it's in the foreseeable future. Um, just not immediately.
0: Well, that dependency, again, it goes back to, to what you were saying, Anna, about being, held on to it, and what you were saying, Jake, about the welfare state, just constantly needing that. So what do you think? Is Canada going to have a UBI?
1: Sure. I I think that that's absolutely something that we would make happen, for better or for worse. Do I think it would be great? Well, it depends on the bigger context and framework of what's happening in the world, in my opinion. I can't stress what I was saying earlier enough. If you care about global warming and if you care about these things, you want to make sure we have enough economic leverage to keep a country like China from doing anything like that, you know? There's lots of things that we need to factor into our decision making. And it isn't as simple as where do we get this from and who do we give it to? But most people right now, they don't even get to that. And they're just like, who do we give it to? It's like, they won't even get to how are we going to generate this money? So now you have conservatives being like, this makes no sense. And they're right. How do we make that wrong? And how do we make it actually work? Let's find out. But obviously it starts with abolishing all the rest of the welfare things, you know?
0: And Anna?
2: Well, I follow what Christina said in the sense that, yeah, like when you see the COVID relief and the fact that it's going to be extended for a year, like it's something that will probably happen in Canada. Now, what makes me like afraid is that a lot of social programs are going to continue as well. Expenditure is going to continue. Where is the government getting that money? I think they're printing money, to be honest with you, which is not great for inflation in the future. And yeah, that's a little bit scary. And once you increase the government, decrease that size is very difficult.
1: I agree with that.
0: Definitely, Definitely something something that we're going to have to wait and see. How long do you think that it's going to take if Canada does implement a UBI system? How long do you think that the Liberals are going to pass it in their November convention?
3: This November? Yeah. I don't know if it would happen that soon. I think there's there's way too much planning and stuff that needs to go into that. Um, could I maybe say within a year? Maybe we can start to discuss it, but obviously other things need to be addressed before before we can do that.
0: Anna?
2: Yeah the same like I don't I don't think it's maybe they could approve it soon because if we take for example the case in the United States they did some polls like about last year and what Americans think about UBI a lot of them were like no and now they have shifted that mentality in the recent polls I think it was by August that they did so maybe some people right now in Canada will be like woohoo free money you know Definitely. but We don't know.
1: If you go back to January and like, hey, do you want to defund the police? They'd be like, why the fuck would we do that? Exactly. No way. No way. It's like, well, actually, by defund the police, we mean, you know, be able to send social workers into these things. We don't actually mean defund It's like, oh, so you mean double fund the police? Or you plan on sending social workers in without twice as many cops as you actually needed? And now you got to protect that social worker. I don't want to be that social worker. (laughs) Me neither. Hell no. Well,
0: that's why language is so important because, you know, we didn't really get to it. We can in the next minute. But there's a big difference people are saying between universal basic and income and guaranteed income so guaranteed income is i guess if you're working then you'll have a guaranteed income just to make sure you're safe but universal basic income would be everybody gets gets money
3: yeah and i think i think the issue with guaranteed guaranteed income is what about people who are not in a position to work and we have to that's another thing we have to acknowledge um that isn't tied into, you know, that's a separate issue from laziness or people who are unwilling to work. Um, These are, you know, there's people who cannot be guaranteed an income because they are not in a position to work because of um, whatever it might be, Uh, whatever disability um, or life circumstances that stop them from working. We can't, you know, they can't be guaranteed an income. So I don't, that language and that, concept yeah. you know that, that, has it own, that has its own issues
1: mm-hmm. it's like minimum wage on crack you know it's like it's like minimum wage on crack i said <laughs> feels like a bit of a different philosophy than ubi which is like okay everyone now you know what you're really doing is giving an, giving a chance to the really entrepreneurial people who have no way of not living paycheck to paycheck to actually work on crafts and hopefully add value because the way i see it is they'll get pushed to the wayside with the rest of the people who genuinely just won't be able to add value some people can't Everyone in their heart of hearts knows that. You've met people before where you're like, this is just not someone who's going to help the world. You yeah. don't want that person to die. You want them to be good. And then that's it. And then if someone else who is Elon Musk, but he can't get out of poverty because Elon Musk could easily get into other shit, you know what I mean? If he had a different life, you want to give those future Elons a chance to become that person. It's all about yeah. equality of opportunity here. Can't guarantee outcome. Need to guarantee opportunity. And that's pretty much it.
3: I I, I like that. The... Equality That's of Opportunity.
0: G- yeah. yeah. Equality of Opportunity is where we are going to leave it off today. That was our show for this week. Thank you to everybody that tuned in and that messaged us live. Jake and Anna, thank you for coming on the show today. It, it has been an absolute pleasure having you. How do you feel? I feel
1: great. Thanks for listening to me. Thanks for taking <laughs> me seriously, guys. And Anna? Yeah,
2: thank you. It was a good program indeed. And well, I hope there is food for thought for people.
1: And, you know, we hope
0: so too. So, Again, that was our show for this week. Thank you to everybody that tuned in, messaged us live. A brand new episode of The Rabin Report will be coming to you next week. Same day, same time, almost the same people. Have a great day, everyone.